What's up gamers? Welcome to level 99 RPG talk. As always, I'm your host, Philip. Remember, this is your RPG podcast brought to you by Vault RPG that releases each and every Thursday. It's the show where I dive deep into the greatest genre in gaming. This week, we are talking about isometric games, indie games, and the Nintendo Direct. But first, let's start this episode off with a bang and run through this week's hot take. It's Limit Break time. Limit Break. I will always and forever want better games over better graphics. Now, don't get me wrong. I like beautiful games as much as the next person. For example, part of the appeal of Horizon Zero Dawn is how literally gorgeous it is. Part of the grandeur of Final Fantasy XV is how gorgeous it is. So everything I'm about to say, please understand that I'm not saying graphics have no place in the developers' minds when they make games. I am, however, saying this. My personal preference would be to have a game look slightly worse for better performance. I would rather have an overall better game instead of better graphics. Many of you may completely agree with that statement and even feel like everyone would feel the same way. But there are many gamers out there who live for graphical masterpiece experiences. My best friend, in fact, gauges many games on their visual fidelity. I've watched him crank up the graphic settings on his PC until the game goes from running 60 frames per second to sometimes below 30. His personal game philosophy leans more in the camp of stunning visuals make a better experience. And I'm happy for him, I I, I really am. If that's how he wants to play his game, more power to him. And if that's how you want to play your game, more power to you. My friend has even argued with me that the reason to play with as good graphics as possible is because to a point, frame rate doesn't really matter. He, with a lot of other people also online saying this, claims the human eye cannot detect the difference between 30 frames per second and 60 frames per second. I, however, can tell a difference. For me, it's all in the feel of the game. It feels so completely different for me. I can tell if I'm playing 30, Instead of 60, I it, it for me, 30 just always feels like it drags slightly where with 60, I feel it so much more silky smooth. It's interesting, really, to think about the fact that my friend and I both love playing games on the PC, but for totally opposite reasons. For years, he has waved his PC master race banner while I've played con- contently on consoles. When I ventured into the PC realm, I discovered a machine that would allow me to experience what I've always wanted in games, silky smooth performance. So I tailored my PC gaming experience to always ensure consistent high frame rate, 
while my friend, on the other hand, used his PC to crank up the visual settings as high as they would go. I found myself sometimes even lowering those visual settings here and there if I found the game chugged even slightly. I'm just serious about the way the game feels more than I am about the way the game looks. Please don't think that I'm saying that PC is the only platform that delivers on a perfectly smooth playing experience because I'm not. You can totally get that on a console too. Many games on consoles run at 60 frames per second, just as well as they would on a PC. So this isn't a PC versus console thing at all. In fact, this is exactly making my point. Those games that run really well on console, do you know why they do? Because they were optimized for those systems. They were made, they were tailored for that hardware. And that's a wonderful thing. And at the core of what I'm saying is that I want developers to make games optimized for consistent, smooth performance, regardless of the platform the game releases on. I would much rather have that than the most beautiful game in the world. And if we go back to the two games that I mentioned at the top, Horizon Zero Dawn and Final Fantasy XV, both of those run at 30 frames per second. And both of those run really well at 30 frames per second. All I am saying is, honestly, I would have taken a little hit in graphics in order to get that performance up to 60 frames per second. Because in my mind, that is a smoother, more flawless experience. And across the board, I'm not saying that all the time, but I feel like sometimes developers feel beautiful graphics give them a pass for their performance to be lacking a little bit. In my mind, that isn't an excuse in the least. Please, if you have to, don't make it so photorealistic. Scale it back slightly to ensure that the frame rate is up to par, especially if a game is struggling to hit that 30 frames per second mark. Or at least give me the option to scale it back on my own. And of course, I am talking about on consoles. I do have that ability on PC. Like I've said before, a lot of times I will scale, even though I have a, a very, very, very decent gaming PC, I will scale those graphics down in order to get smooth performance. So I am talking about consoles. It would be amazing if I had that option. And I do believe that this is a feature on the PS4 Pro, possibly on the Xbox uh, One X as well, but I'm not sure. I don't have either of those consoles. I believe it is a feature on the PS4 Pro though to have the system focus on graphics instead of frame rate and vice versa. I think that's really amazing and it's something I wish consoles across the board would allow. If you look at the type of games that I like, games with highly stylized art directions, like pixel art, cartoon art, hand-drawn looks, etc., etc., the ultra-realistic, photorealistic direction isn't really what gets me going in gaming. So scaling those games back, for me, isn't an issue at all. It might be for other people, 
And that's why I'm calling in the end for options. I feel that's the easiest solution to this issue that I'm harping on. Just give me the options on console, please, to either focus on graphics or focus on performance and frame rate. And developers, wonderful developers, if you can't do that, then please, for the love of all things video game holy, make better games, not better graphics. And that's all for your limit break this week. I do want to hear from you. Tweet at me. Remember, I'm at Vault RPG on Twitter. Tweet at me and let me know where do you fall? What camp do you lie in? Because there is no right or wrong. There's not. I'm just sort of staking my flag in the ground. This is where I stand. I am a performance person, not a graphics person. But I do want to hear from you. If you are a graphics person, sort of where is that threshold for you? At what point does frame rate really come into play if you've cranked the graphics all the way up? Like, how slow does the game have to run? You know, how, like, is there a point? Do you have that threshold where you're like, okay, I will actually bump these graphics down, you know, if you're playing on PC or on a console, is there a threshold where you just have to put the game down altogether? I haven't put it down, but I will tell you that some of the frame rates drops in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 on the Nintendo Switch is a little is a little frustrating for me at times. That's another game, although I love that game to death. I really do. But I would have I would have taken a little bit less intensive graphics to have that game running smoothly smoothly on the Switch. And I I know that the hardware on the Switch is already kind of underpowered compared to some of the other systems. So I know that that's difficult, but I'm just saying that's the camp that I'm in. And I would love to hear from you. So now let's move on to this week's noteworthy news roundup. Now we have got a fantastic week of news. So much to go over. Let's jump right in with the first piece from rpgamer.com neverwinter nights enhanced edition finds a release date i'm going to read this to you from the article at rpgamer beamdog has announced that it will release neverwinter nights enhanced edition on steam on march 27th 2018 this was confirmed during a live stream that also gave more details about the game's release Development on the title will continue even after the game's release, with the most recent development patches allowing for premium modules to be playable via multiplayer. This includes the new content in addition to the premium modules released for the original game. Originally released by Bioware in 2003 for PC, Mac, and Linux, Neverwinter Nights was the RPG that first adopted the Dungeons & Dragons third edition rules. The campaign takes place in the Forgotten Realms setting with the game also including a robust campaign creator that allowed online multiplayer. The enhanced edition will come with the base campaign along with two expansion campaigns, Shadows of Undrentide and Hordes of the Underdark. Planned premium modules include Kingmaker, Shadow Guard, and Witch's Wake. 
So for those of you who loved Neverwinter Nights in the past, I'm curious, what do you think of this enhanced edition? Is this something that you're going to run out and pick up? Neverwinter Nights is a game that I missed first time around, but I really want to pick it up this time around. So I'm hoping that this release is a good place to jump in. If you've listened to this podcast at all, you'll probably know that I am a huge Dragon Age fan. So I'm I'm very interested in sort of the history of Bioware. And I know that this is a game that I need to experience and play to get that true rounded, uh, you know, historical perspective from Bioware. So I am I'm excited to jump into this. Moving on. Next story, also from RPGamer.com. Saga Scarlet goes multi-platform. Coming from the article at RP Gamer, following the reveal of a Nintendo Switch release in yesterday's Japanese Nintendo Direct presentation, Square Enix relieved that Saga Scarlet Grace will also be released for PC via Steam, PlayStation 4, iOS, and Android in Japan in the summer of 2018. The new version is titled Saga Scarlet and something hero no uh, yabu yabu the new subtitle translates as scarlet ambition and adds extra story scenario new voice acting new characters new music and other elements saga scarlet grace was originally released for playstation vita in 2016 as part of the series 25th anniversary celebrations and was the first new mainline saga title in over a decade The game uses a strategic battle system and sees players choose between four protagonists with a world and scenario that changes based on the player's choices. This sounds very interesting to me. The Saga series is a series that I'm very interested in from the standpoint that when it released, when when um, when Squaresoft made, made this series, it was really sort of, when you think about it, it was kind of revolutionary for the time. And being an Eastern RPG, it has a lot of elements that Western RPGs have picked up and have kind of become known for it when you're talking about sort of open world slash player choice. Uh, player choices matter later on. This is a, a generalization, sure, but when you when you think Eastern versus Western RPGs, Eastern RPGs usually focus on like a tight narrative and not necessarily on sort of open world, go wherever you want, choice driven, you know. But this saga, specifically like um you know, the the romancing saga games, right? So back in I mean back in the day, that was sort of like that's sort of what they were. That was the hook to that game. So we get this saga, uh, the saga Scarlet Grace comes out on the Vita in Japan, 2016. Now it's getting the release on many other platforms, including the Nintendo Switch. I'd be very interested for this to come to the West. And if you, de- you know, if you dive deep into this podcast and listen very early on, one of the very first episodes, I predicted incorrectly but i predicted that project octopath traveler would in fact be a new saga game i was wrong i was wrong and we got confirmation on that also 
the other day, and we will talk about that in just a second. But so this is the saga game that's coming out in Japan, not Project Octopath Traveler. Speaking of Octopath Traveler, this coming from RPGSite.net. During Nintendo's direct presentation today, Masashi Takahashi from Square Enix made an appearance to make a few announcements regarding Octopath Traveler. Most importantly, the game launches on July 13 worldwide, only a couple months from now. The game's title is now Final 2, previously called Project Octopath Traveler. He also provided details on two more of the game's eight protagonists. Tressa, a merchant, can use her field skill to buy items from NPCs that are not available in shops. You can also find NPCs seeking out specific items and deliver to them. Alfin, an apothecary, can inquire NPC to various effects, such as getting discounts at the local inn or finding hidden items on the field. Finally, each character can wield a second job in battle, allowing characters to mix and match abilities that allow each character to expand their arsenal from their base job. Skills can also be obtained in any order, so you can buy skills with low job point costs first or save to purchase the high-end cost skills. All right, so um, Project Octopath Traveler now dropping the project, just being called Octopath Traveler. And for a moment, can I respond to this for... Mm, never mind. I will talk about that. I'll talk about that later in the deep dive when we talk about the Nintendo Direct. And I'll, I'll sort of give some of my feedback on all the games that were announced. So I'll talk about how I feel about it there. But Project Octopath Traveler, now simply Octopath Traveler, is releasing in July, on July 13. So that's exciting and very, very close. Honestly, a little bit closer than I thought we were getting this game. So there you go. Next story, back to RPG, or not RPG, back to RPGamer.com. Earthlock, Earthlock relaunch hits Switch and PC, whereas the PS4 and Xbox One versions have been delayed. I'm quoting Snowcastle Games relaunch of turn-based RPG Earthlock is underway. The updated version is now available for PC through Steam, GOG.com, and the Humble Bundle, as well as on Nintendo Switch where the game makes its debut. However, the process of launching the new version of the game while also removing the old version from sale has caused delays for both Xbox One and PlayStation 4 relaunches, with the current planned relaunch dates for those platforms set out below. On the PS4, it's coming to North America March 20th, which has been confirmed. Europe is tentative, tentatively March 28th, that is unconfirmed, and in Japan, it releases March 15th, that has been confirmed. On the Xbox One, all of these are unconfirmed, tentatively in North America on March 26th, in Europe tentatively March 28th, as well in, as Japan on the 28th, once again unconfirmed. But the new version of Earthlock includes many enhancements to various aspects of the game, including a revamped story as well as a new crafting options, side quests, and mini games, and is priced at $29.99 USD. 
All those who have purchased the original game before its release will receive the new version for free. The codes may not arrive until a few days after launch. A sequel, Earthlock 2, is currently in production once again. That article coming to you from RPGamer.com. So Earthlock, a game that looks very interesting for me. Um, once again, remember I'm a mod over at SwitchRPG.com and we actually released a review of this game last week uh, from one of our staff members and it's a fantastic read. If you're on the fence or for thinking about getting Earthlock, go check out the review over at SwitchRPG.com. Um, it really gives a spoiler-free, really good look at this game, detailing um, everything from negative aspects to positive aspects. Um, it goes over all of the system and the mechanics, the combat, the looks, the feel, the sound. Um, so if you're on the fence, that is a good read to sort of help you settle on if you're going to pull the trigger or if you're going to wait for a while to see sort of um, you know, how updates happen, maybe sales happen, things like that. So sorry if you are a PS4 or Xbox One player, you will have to wait a little bit longer for this indie title. Moving on, we are talking about another indie RPG headed our way. This one, this article coming from bleedingcool.com. It says it looks like 2018 is going to be a productive year for Chucklefish after announcing a new project called Spellbound. And with the multiplayer additions coming to Stardew Valley, the company has released a new trailer today for an upcoming indie RPG titled. Oh, what does it say? Has released a new trailer today for an upcoming indie RPG title called Pathway being developed by Robotality. Below is the complete description of the company loaded up today on the game's official Steam page, along with the announcement trailer. The game feels like it's, it's got a bit of an Indiana Jones slash Uncharted kind of vibe going for it, which makes for a very cool way to present an RPG. As you strive to save your kidnapped friend and have adventures along the way. The game also appears to be a spiritual successor to 2014's Halfway which isn't too shabby either. And I'm going to read uh, through the description very quickly. It says the year is 1936. It is a time of global, global unrest in Germany uh, as Germany military influence is spreading throughout Europe and the Middle East. Rumors of frantic excavations and strange artifacts, not to mention ghastly occult rituals have begun to surface across street communication channels. Okay. And then they took your friend. Morton has vanished. But where are you going to find him? Yada, yada, yada. Key features of the game are thrilling visuals and a classic 16-bit pixel art enhanced with unprecedented depth, lighting, and shadows using pixel slash voxel hybrid technology. You get dynamic adventures. No two adventures are the same as each campaign generates a new procedural map and a different set of unique story encounters. You get tough choices. Every location you visit presents a new handcrafted story event to explore. Search the well. Save the villagers. It's up to you. Decisive conflicts. Use cover and positioning in exciting turn-based squad combat. Learn to maximize your items and abilities as well as your team members' strengths in ruthless and clever ways. And finally, hidden treasures. Discover rare artifacts to unlock new content and adventures. 
Recruit from 16 unique companions, each with their own starting equipment and skill trees. So this game does look really nice. If you're getting tired of the pixel art movement, um, you know, this might just be another another game that falls into that category for you and you kind of pass on. But if you're like me and you do sort of like some of the ways that developers, especially indie developers, have recently sort of put their own spin on classic 16-bit pixel art and they're they're doing some exciting things with it. I feel like this game does have a unique look to it. Um, so I think you should go check it out. Like I said, the article from bleedingcool.com does include the trailer, but it looks like you can just find that on YouTube as well. The game is called Pathway from Developer uh, Robotality. Um, so go check that out. The combat looks really, really cool. Um, I, I'm not the biggest fan of procedural generation when it comes to games because I personally like sort of a more handcrafted experience, especially when it comes to the world. Um, so the, a lot, a lot of times procedural generation to me, you get less of a unique feel from it, but we'll see what they do with it. We'll see what they do with it. Um, I think it's worth a look. Um, so we'll, I'll keep an eye on it and I will update you back over to RPGsite.net. We have an announcement that pillars of eternity Two Deadfire has been delayed by one month. Um, according to this article, Kotaku and Eurogamer are reporting that Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire has had its launch date pushed back, originally slated to release on April 3rd. The PC version of the game will now reportedly release on May 8th. The console versions of the game published by THQ Nordic are expected at some point around the holiday season. So, um, honestly, for me, this is a, this is a good thing. I sure I'm excited about Pillars of Eternity 2 and I want to play it. So, you know, if you're in the camp that this was going to be like literally day one for you, you know, I feel for you pushing that back by a month. But think about this pushing it back. It's not like it was pushed back six months, which to me would indicate that the game had some serious issues that needed to be ironed out. You know, so it's not six months, it's a month. So that means to me, it's probably just some polish, probably some last minute tweaking. So pushing that back a month, I think is a good thing. Um, and then it also will give me time, a little bit more time. There's a ton of stuff coming out. Like I said, that was supposed to be April 3rd. Um, and Nina Kuni 2 is coming out at the end of this month, at the end of March. So that was going to be a quick turnaround for two games that I really want to play. Um, so that will give me a little bit more time to play Nina Kuni 2. So I'm not complaining there. And then also I'm going to try to play Pillars of Eternity 1 before I jump into 2. So that will give me a little bit more time to maybe dive into that. It's not looking like Pillars of Eternity 2 is going to be a day one game for me, even at that March or that that May 8th release. But we'll see how things go. We'll see how things go. So there you go. And that's actually all for the news this week. It was jam-packed, right? Um, so let's move on very quickly to an update of what I've personally been playing. Number one on the list is Blossom Tales. I'm having a ton of fun with that game. And once again, 
If you listen to the last episode, you'll remember I talked about the Blossom Tales developer asking me anything happening in the Switch RPG Discord server. I'll remind you again, that is on March the 15th. Um, I'm going to try to have this episode out before the, the AMA because this will come out on Thursday. So you should, in fact, get that this morning. And if you're listening to it right after it, it releases, first of all, thank you. But the second of all, remember that tonight, March 15th, the developer AMA with the Blossom Tales writers um, will be in the Switch RPG Discord. And that is the link for that is discord.switchrpg.com. So you should go ahead, jump in and get ready, get your questions ready for that AMA. Right. So I'm having a lot of fun with Blossom Tales. I've got to tell you that, and this may just be because I'm terrible at games, uh, but I've I've struggled a little bit with it. Not struggled liking it because I really like it. Love the look, love the feel. Um, I love the throwback reference. the The whole game is referential to uh, you know link to the past. I love that aspect of it. But it the difficulty for me is a little challenging. There's specifically the fire that f- the first fire dungeon that you dive into kicked my butt over and over and over again, especially the bosses. Um, and like I said, that just may be me being having some early growing pains. It's been a while since I've played a, an action RPG like this 2D like this. So getting back in that groove, getting back in that, um, you know, that flow and momentum that may have something to do with it. It just may be that I'm awful, but I've, 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 I've been surprised at how much, um, how much challenge I've been met with, but it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And I finally did get through the, that fire dungeon. And I got to tell you that I, you know, wasn't playing Bloodborne and I wasn't playing Dark Souls, but man, when I finally beat the final boss for the fire dungeon, dude, I was, I was all but hooping and hollering, you know? And it just gave me that rush of uh, success and victory. So it's, it's been great. It's been great. Um, n- next, I've been playing on Steam a uh, a little game called Macabre. Um, this is a game from one of the mods in uh, the Switch RPG, um, the Switch RPG website. Uh, he created this game, I believe, back in 2015 or 16, and uh, like I said, it's on it's on Steam. It's a dollar, and I'm only a couple of hours in. In fact, I messaged him the other day, and I got stuck. But once again, that is totally it's all me, right? It's all me being bad at, at games. But um, I really want to stream this game. I really do uh, because it's. It is also 2D pixels, um, but he has such an interesting look. the 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 style is is very interesting. Like the the models for the characters um, are are pretty unique. Um, and they, and this game does a lot. It does a lot. Like the 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 battle system, um, it has some familiarity there, and that, and that's the case the game as a whole right so it feels familiar but it's doing a lot of things that i haven't seen a lot of other rpgs do and i gotta really hand it 
to the guy who made it. Um, they're just Bravo and I'm having a lot of fun with it. I plan on getting a little bit further. I've had to play Blossom Tales a little bit more in preparation for the AMA, but I'm going to jump back into it this weekend um, and try to just power through it because I'm loving it and um, I, I, I want to be able to say more about it. And I do have a, a lot more to say currently, but I'm thinking about um, it being my deep dive for next week. So this, uh, this is a little teaser for, for next week's episode. Um, so my plan is to finish that over the weekend and then really dive deep into this game. Um, but like I said, you can find it on Steam for 99 cents, I believe. Um, and once again, that's macabre. Um, so go check that out. Uh, and then lastly, a sort of blast from the past, uh, Dragon Age 2. And I got to tell you, I put out a tweet uh, last week, I believe, that um, I ran into the Dragon Age 2 soundtrack. And once again, if you dive deep into this podcast, one of the, I believe episode number two covered video game soundtracks. And I, um, I gave a shout out to the original Dragon Age soundtrack as being very influential sort of in my gaming life. And I got to tell you, I've not given Dragon Age 2 soundtrack enough credit. The game as a whole, I don't think I've given enough credit. Um, and I think that uh, by and large, a lot of people like to down the game. It is It did have a lot of issues. And I do want to um, explore the game uh, in conversation and, and me thinking out loud further in another episode. Um, but suffice it to say, I'm, I'm enjoying what I've played so far and it's been several years since I played and I, I've only played through it one time, whereas Dragon Age Origins, I've played through too many times to count. Um, so I, I think that I, I, yeah, I'm very glad to be playing through it again because I'm in, I'm in a different place in my life and I'm in a different, uh, I, I, I appreciate things differently than I did when I played it before. So I'm, I'm taking my time and I'm going through it and I'm, I'm compiling a lot of thoughts and opinions regarding the game. And I really want to dive deep into that at a later time, but having a blast with Dragon Age 2. So there's uh, the games that I've been playing, but let me know what you've been playing. Tweet at me at Vault RPG. And finally, man, that was a, that was a packed you know, news and uh, gaming update segment. Let's jump into this week's gaming deep dive. And we are actually going to be talking about the Nintendo Direct. Um, you know, at, when this episode airs, the Direct will have been, will, will be seven days old. So I know it's slightly late, but that's just the, you know, the, uh, the way things landed. Um, I recorded on Wednesday last week, so I literally missed it by a day. Um, so there's that. Uh, but let's, let's just let's just go down through the list of things that were announced and covered. And I just want to give you my reactions. So yes, we're going to be covering things other than RPGs, uh, but that's okay. That's okay. We'll make an exception for something as as you know cool as the, the Nintendo Direct. Uh, before we actually dive into the list, I do want to talk about the Direct as a whole. For the most part, I feel like a lot of people were pleased with the Direct. Um, and we'll talk about why in a minute, because there's there was one big, you know, one huge announcement. Um, 
specifically in the Switch RPG Discord, where I hang out a lot, um, there were some there were some fans who were disappointed by the lack of um, Fire Emblem, right? Uh, and some uh, disappointed with the lack of Animal Crossing. So for those fans, I, I really feel for you because I did go in thinking we would get some Fire Emblem news and we didn't. And that would have been great for, you know, for RPG fans across the board. That would have been great for this podcast. That's something that I want to cover, you know, is Fire, the Switch of Fire Emblem game. So that was absent. But I feel like other than that, a lot of people, a lot of people liked the direct. I personally liked the direct as a whole. And I got to tell you that a lot of, a lot of it was because I was just inundated with excitement and hype, right? I was surrounded by people who were looking forward to it, were excited about it. We all watched it together in Discord, giving our reactions as we went, right? So that environment is actually something that I've never had or never, you know, never was never involved in uh, because in past directs, I just either catch them when they come up by myself or I watch them on Facebook or YouTube after the fact. And so being surrounded by people who are just as excited about it as I am really made this direct that much better. And I got to tell you, if you have the opportunity to watch directs or um, react to directs around people, around friends who are also excited, I highly encourage that because for me, it just increased the the whole experience. So now let's dive into the actual news that came out of the the direct itself. And I am following a, a roundup from GameSpot. So it opened up with uh, 3DS titles. And I'm, I was a little surprised at how many games are actually releasing on the 3DS, even into 2019. Um, so for for those of you who either haven't jumped to Switch yet because you still love your 3DS system, or even those who have Switches but still appreciate how good the 3DS library and the system as a whole is, this was a lot of good news for you, um, especially, you know, if you're coming from like the Sony, the, the PlayStation Vita and just sort of how the company stopped supporting it fairly quickly. Right. And, and the games just sort of dropped off. Uh, there are still some games that come out for sure, but Sony itself sort of the way that it promoted the Vita and, and really outwardly externally believed in the Vita. This is pretty neat. For in 2018, at a time when the Switch is selling exceptionally well and it's super popular and you have a lot of goodwill from the community because of the Switch, you come out and talk about this many 3DS games and you're saying we're still going to develop for it into next year. I think that was a pretty bold statement and I got to give Nintendo some credit there. Started off with WarioWare Gold. You know, so the thing is with these 3DS games is those of uh, those of us who are excited about them, it's hard to say. Um, you know, I'm not excited about every single one of these things, but yeah, there's neither here nor there. Uh, moving on to Dylan's Dead Heat Breakers, and um, oh, by the way, uh, War- uh, Warrior Warrior Wear Gold uh, set to release August 3rd. Dylan's Dead Heat Breakers set to release May 24th. I don't know really anything about that. Um, 
Then moving on to Mario and Luigi Bowser's inside story plus Bowser Jr.'s journey uh, is the one that's actually to be announced 2019. It's the remake of the critically acclaimed Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story, and it's coming in 2019. New features include allowing you to switch between the brothers to platform inside Bowser and then control Bowser outside to explore the overworld. More Mario news, and this was a big one because I missed the original release of Luigi's Mansion, but I know that it's really, it's loved by a lot of Mario fans. So the 3DS is getting the remake. Um, it's the remake of the GameCube Classic set to release in 2018 at some point. New features include a mansion map displayed on the bottom screen and a new boss rush mode. And that was all of the 3DS. But like I said, I was honestly surprised to see that much. Um, so, there, so there you go. On to the Switch news. We started off with... Okami HD on the Switch set to release in summer of 2018. This is another remake that I'm really excited about because I missed the original. And some of the people in the Switch RPG Discord were just telling me how really, really good this game is. It looks really gorgeous. You've got you've got to love um, highly sort of stylized art. This looks sort of hand drawn. Um, so it may not be your thing, but it is my thing. So it, um, it says that it allows you to use the touchscreen controls and handheld mode to control the celestial brush. Likewise, Joy-Con motion controls can be used in TV slash tabletop modes. It launches digitally only this summer. Then we moved into, um, news of a Dark Souls Amiibo release. And the network test beta on May 25th. Um, the, big, the big surprise to close out January's Nintendo Direct Mini presentation was a Switch version of the Dark Souls remaster. And then the latest Nintendo Direct event has now brought further Dark Souls news to, the, to Nintendo fans. Alongside the game itself, an amiibo figure based on Dark Souls is on the way. So for all of you collectors out there, who love your amiibo because I know there are a lot of you. Here's an RPG for you that's giving you a pretty sweet amiibo. Then they moved on to Sushi Striker, The Way of the Sushido, coming June the 8th. This is a game, it's not really for me. It's not really for me, but I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of people were, well, they were, they were very pleased by seeing it. Um, it's actually launching on both the Switch and the 3DS, so that's pretty cool. Then one of the big ones, and we're going to pause here. We're going to pause here. Octopath Traveler re releases on July 13th. I figured we would get a release date, um, and I figured that they had to announce the title of the game. A lot of you love the title, Octopath Traveler. Um, I'm not one of them. Now, I know, like I said earlier, this this may be because I made a prediction and my prediction was wrong. So I'm feeling, you know, a little jaded or whatever. You know, I, th I thought that this would be a new saga entry um, because of the fact that you have you do have eight playable characters, eight main characters. And that it and that is 
a staple of the like the classic saga games also had that feature, right? And that's not to say, look, um, Final Fantasy games have had a bunch of characters, right? That's not that's not necessarily new, but the fact that each of the eight characters has like their own you know their own paths, right? Octopath Traveler. You're able to play through a couple of those story paths in the demo, right? That that really felt saga for me, um, and and I wonder if it's just because the the saga franchise itself wasn't big enough for what they're going for the scope of the what they're going for, if they felt like it did not have enough clout worldwide to carry what Square Enix is hoping the Octopath Traveler is carrying. So I get it from that standpoint. If you feel that way. You know, if Square feels that way, I just kind of wished that it did have a sort of a more traditional name than Octopath Traveler. For me, it's too on the nose. It's like, hey, we got you know, we got eight travelers here, eight paths, eight travelers. What are you going to come out with an Octopath Traveler two? Like, if this game just sells bonkers, are you? Is it is going to be a second game that has eight you know eight paths, eight characters? Like, is if this is like the new franchise? You know, I mean, or do they go like a different number traveler, like duo path traveler or something? You know, so I just don't know. I felt like the name names are important. And I, I, for one, just dropping the project and calling it Octopath Traveler, I wasn't that pleased with it. But that aside, this game continues to excite me and make me want to play it. If you're talking day one games, this is day zero for me. Like if I could get this early, I would get this early and I'd play it. I am surprised at the July 13th release. I thought that this would be October, maybe October or maybe December. Like I just thought it was a ways away. So July 13, that is soon compared to what I was thinking. But that's good news. And uh, they 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 did they did cover two new characters, so we are up to four that we know of now. And it's really really neat to me how they've crafted each of these characters to be super individual with individual unique abilities, and each of them brings something to the party. And they showed off a little bit more of the battle system because you can now they they announced that you can essentially dual job you can have two jobs at once so you get a lot of mix and match um, with abilities and things like that and there's a lot of freedom in how you build your character out and how you progress them and and in what order you do it right this game is all about freedom and it's all about choice and it's all about um you know building your party with however you want so look this game is just checking all the boxes for me and it's just doing so many things right. It still looks incredible. And I got to tell you the music, if I've already been listening to the soundtrack, cause you can, you can go in and listen to the soundtracks on iTunes. Um, but the, the music for the trailer that alone would have sold me on it. And let me tell you like music and trailers can sell me on things. Go and watch that pathway. The, the indie game I talked about earlier pathway, go watch that trailer. The music in that trailer, that alone did, did it for me there. And so Octopath Traveler is that 
as well. It, it as soon as it as it came up, sort of that that feeling I get internally whenever I watch a Final Fantasy trailer, right? Or I hit the Final Fantasy menu. It gave me sort of that feeling. And it, and it is really interesting because you got something like Lost Sphere that came out recently and it's trying to do the nostalgia thing, right? It's trying to do the nostalgia thing and try to make you think about it like a Final Fantasy game. And, and while I did love the soundtrack, I, I enjoyed the soundtrack. Um, I never got, because of the scope and the scale of that soundtrack in that game, I never got that feeling like sitting on the menu. Oh, wow. You know, that feeling that I get from a Final Fantasy game, the trailer for, for Octopath, it gave me that feeling. So I'm very excited, very excited. Moving on, Travis strikes again. No more heroes is coming at some point in 2018. Um, it's a, uh, it's a sequel to no more heroes. Um, and sports seven different game type and co-op multiplayer mode where you share the Joy-Con controllers. I'm really, I'm, I'm not familiar with No More Heroes. If somebody is, please tell me. Like, is it good? Do I need to check it out? Captain Toad Treasure Tracker coming July 13 as well. This is a game I'm very excited about. Captain Toad was a shocker on the Wii U. As in, like, it was, it was surprisingly good. I remember first that because the treasure like uh, the captain toad was a mini game and i believe it was mario 3d world on the wii u which was a fantastic game and the, the captain toad sections were really fun they made it into a game it's this is really great puzzler just sound sound mechanics it feels really good and it's really fun i'm super psyched that it's coming to the switch um, then a big surprise was Undertale coming when it's ready. Um, and Undertale is one that I've never played, but just the presentation alone and the personality that they were able to present in just a few minutes in a trailer, just a few seconds in a trailer hooked me. And then I've, I've done some research on it since the announcement, um, and a lot of the descriptions from people in the podcasts that I listen to, uh, they got me wanting to play this game. So Undertale. Then a big surprise, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy is coming July 10th. This is the port from the PS4 release last year, and the remaster is coming to the Switch. Does this mean we'll get crash in another Nintendo game. We'll talk about that in a minute. But this is fun. This is fun. I, I didn't I didn't I did not pick up uh the the crash remake the remake the remaster on uh PS4, but I will be picking it up on the Switch. Um moving on Little Nightmares complete edition. The well-received horror puzzler is coming to the Switch. This May, May 18th, includes all past DLC as well as a special mask you can unlock by scanning the Pac-Man Amiibo. This game is gorgeous. Looks a lot of fun. Uh, then another RPG, another sort of surprise, even though it was rumored, it was rumored, but I'm still a little surprised to see South Park, the, fact, the Fractured But Whole, 
April 24th. I'm really excited about this. I've not played either of the South Park games, but I, I, I do watch the South Park show and love what those guys do. So very excited to jump into the Fractured But Whole. This is a different kind of RPG. This is edgy for Nintendo. That I guess that's why it's surprising for me that it's there. But the Switch is getting things like Dark Souls, a much darker game for Nintendo. And then it's getting something like South Park. So Switch is, uh, Nintendo's growing up, right? Nintendo's growing up. It's not, it's not the child's console, right? All right, so then we get ARMS, uh, U.S. and Canada online open tournament. I don't play ARMS, so that didn't really speak to me. Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition comes out May the 18th. Um, I've not jumped into the Hyrule Warriors. The Warriors games don't really speak to me. I don't really like the waves of enemies type deal. Uh, unless I'm playing with friends and I don't really have anybody that plays. So if anybody does play and you want to play with me, that might entice me to play a little bit more but and this is that wasn't really for me what was for me however was the entire time that they spent on mario tennis aces which is releasing june the 22nd i cannot wait for this game i've talked about it before but i'll talk about it again i can't wait for this because number one i love tennis games i love mario i love classic mario tennis right so i'm hoping for just really solid systems and mechanics and boy they showed off some of them i was hoping that we would see some story mode and i'm honestly disappointed that we didn't see any story mode i'm disappointed but what they did show off from a gameplay perspective did sell me in it was important i will admit that it was important to show because you really need solid mechanics for this to work right you can't just throw tennis. You can't just throw basic tennis, right? Mario sports games always have, you know, this element of flash and 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 um, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting things going on, right? Specifically, like strikers, right? It's just not it's not straight up soccer, right? It's not straight up soccer. You got a lot going on, so. It was really fun to see that sort of carry over into Mario Tennis Aces because you've got a lot of specials. Everybody's, uh, you know, you got the 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 split and and like the sizes of characters, things like that. Special moves. There's a lot of mechanics for like breaking special moves and stamina meters, and your racket can break. Things like that. I mean, so much going on. The layers of complexity is there for a lot of interesting matches, interesting situations within matches, and really a lot of strategy that goes in um, into games. And you're not just swinging a racket, right? So that was really important for them to show. I'm glad that they did. Still wanted me some story mode. Still wanted me some story mode. But yeah, can't wait for this game. Splatoon 2 is spent a lot of time on Splatoon 2 version 3.0. Coming April 2018, um, there's a story DLC, there's a long trailer, they spent a lot of time on it. I don't play Splatoon, so not for me, but then the world stopped for a moment when Super Smash Bros. Switch 
is announced coming at some point in 2018. The way that they announced this, the presentation was so spot on and perfect. It was exactly what it needed to be um, because there was a, there was a little bit of a, a bait and switch, right? So you spent so much time on Splatoon, you get us tired of it, and then they tease one more thing, and whenever it switches to the one more thing, it's more Splatoon. And so you get that moment of deflation, but then the character looks up, and you see this Super Smash Bros. logo in her eye. Wonderful moment, a moment that we'll always remember. People are so excited about the prospect of Smash Bros. on the Switch, we debated, you know, we talked about it, we dreamed about it, and it actually happened. And the possibility of it coming out in 2018 is super exciting. And this alone made the the direct at least good for a lot of people, right? Even people who were disappointed that Fire Emblem was, you know, didn't get any FaceTime or any news. Um, this was big, right? This was huge. So a lot of people excited. I'm super excited. It, we will wait and see what characters we get. Is it possible that we could get Crash? Is that possible? We have had third-party characters in the past. We have a history of it, right? And now Crash is on the Switch. So is it possible? In Is there a world where that could happen? So exciting, so exciting. Guys, what was your response and your feedback and your feelings about the Nintendo Direct, please let me know. Tweet at me. I'm at Vault RPG. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you once again for listening. Remember tonight, Blossom Tales developer AMA in the Switch RPG Discord. That link is discord.switchrpg.com. If you listen this far, thank you so much for your support. Remember, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Vault RPG. Feel free to tweet at me. Ask me any questions. If you want me to cover anything on a future episode, please let me know. Once again, thank you for listening. And until next week, go game your hearts out. I will see you.